All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golick. Mike Golick Jr., Mike Golick Sr., Jesse Cofield holding it down for us in Boston. We are brought to you by Wrangler, made for the ride of life. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order with promo code GOJO15. Got a great show for you. As always, download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating. Check us out live Monday through Friday from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern on DraftKingsNetwork.com, the DraftKings YouTube channel, and Samsung TV+. Plus. Ross Tucker, our dear friend from the Ross Tucker podcast, football podcast, as well as man calling games for Westwood one yes. like yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was out getting loose at the Miami Dolphins New England Patriots game last night. We'll talk with him about that and plenty of other things. But, Dad, I am live with you in your little basement lair here in South Bend, Indiana. It is game week. Notre Dame, Ohio State with all the marbles on the line here. College game day coming to town, so I had to come check on you. It, it is finally on in college, right? Last week's schedule was, was really bad, though – Colorado and Colorado State made it exciting because it was a horrible matchup week. But this is the week. This is the matchup uh, uh, this week. A lot of great matchups, including, as you said, Notre Dame, Ohio State. Game day will be here. I don't know if uh, if Fox will be here, too. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm not uh, sure if it's going to quite top what went on yeah, in Colorado, yeah, Colorado last yeah, week. I'll yeah. say this. 
I, I think Marcus Freeman and Ryan Day are going to be a little bit less giving of bulletin board material for the masses, and I don't know if as many sunglasses will be sold. I will say if The Rock were to come to town, The Rock and I are tight, so I can bring them over the house. Tight. We can come hang That's out. That's how you describe it, as tight. Yeah, tight, tight. He's been on the show years ago. I would describe him as tight. I would say you're kind of loose. We, that's not nice. Like your skin. That's not nice. The way when it the hangs Super Bowl, off your bones. That's not nice. I know what you meant. You don't have to explain it. I just wasn't sure. At the at the the uh, Super Bowl at SoFi, when he did the on-field thing before the game, we hung and talked a little bit. You know, we've had him on the show over the years. So, yeah, I think uh, I think he'd like to come hang out here with the dogs. So if you're so tight with him, why hasn't he been on the show here yet? I don't want to bug Can him. Can you explain like I, I why wanna... you haven't gone out and – gotten us you know, Dwayne the Rock Johnson it's so the normal thing right just to get big guests to come on I just don't want to be the norm okay I don't want I don't want to be the norm I want to be different there you go that's uh the the Gojo and Golik difference <laughs> we will break the norm and yeah. not get you the rock uh on Notre Dame game week here we'll have plenty more on that game as the week goes along though uh we're very excited about that but uh Dad, I I already can feel a simmering tension in the room yep. right now there is because we had Great NFL games right. over this weekend that culminated in what we got to last night. And we will give you the 0-2 conversation about teams that need to be afraid of this daunting 0-2 start to the season cliff that has become this historical precedent. We'll get to all that. But on Sunday night for Monday, Sunday, Sunday night, night football Sunday night, last Monday night, 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 Monday night's tonight. Days are hard. On Sunday night football last night, we had a moment at the end of that game mm-hmm. that could have changed everything. And what turned into a close game at the end between the Patriots and the Dolphins that the Miami Dolphins ultimately won last night, 24 to 17 in the division. We had a moment that could have changed everything for large people everywhere. (laughs) At the end of the game, the Patriots are driving to try and tie this game up. And Mike Kosicki, their tight end, catches the ball on a fourth down play. It is fourth down in the game. And Mike Kosicki gets the ball short of the sticks and he's trying to fight off a tackler. He's looking around for something to happen. And then he sees the beacon in the night. He sees the hope. He sees the watcher on the wall. His offensive guard, Cole Strange, hanging in the background. And Mike Gusecki does what playmakers do. He tries to make a play. Tosses this ball back towards Cole Strange, who jumps up back across his body, catches this ball, triple extension, pulls it in, turns around, and then begins, like Jon Snow at the Battle of the Bastards, to fight off the masses and trudge forward through the sludge and ultimately land towards the first down. However, replay review goes under, led by hate-mass Terry McCauley, the rules official for Sunday Night Football, going and trying to point out, well, his knee might have been down. Well, we think we might have enough proof. You mean the rule? And then they go and they reverse it. And they ruin not only fun, a great game, but another moment in the large history of large men doing great things. Anybody who agrees with that call is an enemy of fun. Anybody who agrees with that call is an enemy of large people. So, Dad, much like in the movie 300, I would advise you to choose your next words carefully because they might be your last. Oh, my words are careful. He didn't make it. I mean, as much as you want the story of the big man, the thick six, not in this case, it would have been the thick first down. If you want that to happen, he, he didn't make it. He didn't make it. First, Jacecki, feel free to break the tackle and make the first down yourself. He understood he's not capable, and so he put it in the hands of someone who was. Yeah, he wasn't capable. You're right. 
it was a great move, quite honestly. Linemen running downfield, which is what they should do. Jusecki saying, okay, I am kidding about that. About should make it, though. He should. Having the wherewithal to know he's not going to make it, this is desperation. It's like that last you know, end of the game where they just start flipping the ball around, and he flips it, and Cole Strange grabs it. He did a nice job, but he is an old lineman. The one thing he could have done at the end, which would have given him the first down, was extend with, the, the, with his hands with the ball. But I'm not going to fault him for Patriot that. Patriot players are taught not to extend near the goal line or any other place like that. Potential fumble situation there. He's just listening it's to the It's fourth Patriot down way. in the game. I'm just saying. It's fourth down you're in run, the game. You, rise, you don't rise to the occasion. You fall to the level do you of your think, training. Do you think when Bill Belichick is making that rule that the old linemen are in that room? Do you think they're in that room? Do you think, do you I, think, think everyone, was, I think everyone's in that do room. Do you think that that was going through Cole Strange's mind as I'm going down here. If I extend, I'll get the first down. But Bill Bill said don't extend. Yes. So I'm not going to no, do it. He didn't think about that in the moment well, because he falls to the level of his training and the, his body the, was Then you know what? That. Okay. The, then then Bill cost him the game if we want to go down that road. All right. By wow. Extension. So you're saying Bill Belichick's by, finally on the hot seat by after extension. This. There you go. Bill Belichick has had the game of football pass him by. By by the way, Cole Strange did not make the first down. He okay. did, you had a you All had right. a perfect shot right down the line. Perfect. You saw his knee on the ground. He had the ball tucked and cradled into his rib, which is a fine way to do it. So I don't think he made it. You think he made it, Jesse? You are the arbiter here. You are the you are the final vote. Well, I will say there's got to be like conclusive evidence after the replay, and like I don't know if they had it. So that's just what I'll say. It's got to be the burden of proof is on conclusive evidence, and I would say we did not meet that burden. That was what, my lawyer's yep, I don't understand on the one picture straight down the line of scrimmage, which sees his knee on the ground. With bodies all over the, the ball, place. You see the ball tucked into his ribcage, and he's not at the line to gain. I don't know what more evidence we needed than that. You know what? I don't know yeah. what more evidence I need to say. You probably need to retake your driver's test because I'm a little worried about you being behind the wheel at your age. I will say, you guys, also in New England, this was just like a shot to the heart after that week one loss to the Eagles when it ended after an overturned fourth down you know, conversion there. So it's like two weeks in a row. It's just been really brutal. I would say that <laughs> it, this is kind of indicative of a trend now, Dad. And if you're the Patriots now, listen... This O2 hole, which, you know, as we've mentioned, is one of the things that usually goes a long way in right. determining marker. playoff status. Right. It's it's a marker at the beginning of the season with some pretty damning stats on the other side for if you are 0-2, the difficulty in making the playoffs. Very few teams do it after this kind of start. And conversely, for 2-0 and teams, you do make that happen. Despite you being wrong in this moment here about the great play by Cole Strange, it did finish off the game. And, Dad, one where we went in wondering, hey, what was this matchup between the Miami offense and the New England defense going to look like? And I think you saw some plays certainly made by the New England defense. You saw a great interception by Christian Gonzalez yep. that reminded you exactly why they drafted a player like that. Kyle Duggar making some great plays around the line of scrimmage. New England's rangy, dynamic athletes all over the field absolutely showed up. But what showed up even more was – the game plan by Mike McDaniel and company on that Dolphins offense to use pre-snap movement and a couple of different variations of pre-snap motion throughout the game to give them just enough trouble and to get the ball out of to his hands quick to try and get and move the ball around against this New England defense. So I think they they motion or move 81% of, the, of their plays, yeah. which, I mean, they, they are constantly on the move, kind of like Andy Reid does in case he does a lot of movement uh, as well. And – 
I thought Tua was excellent last night. Didn't throw for 466. Didn't throw for, you know, a ton compared to last week. Threw for, what, 240 in this one? But 21 of 30, he throws a wonderful ball. He throws a catchable ball. These guys can run after the catch. Mozart ran very well. Had a couple of touchdowns, including the long run. Uh, was 43-yarder uh, to get him to their 24th point. So, I love what this offense is doing, and New England is going to be in every game because of their defense, not because of their offense. It's never going to be a high-flying offense. It's just not. Uh, we're going to find out if Mac Jones is going to be the guy by the end of the year here, but their defense is going to keep them in games, even though you know you give up 24 points in this one. Uh, listen, I, I picked Miami to win this division. I like what they're doing in their first two games. The passing attack and the running attack is, I think they had 30 passes and 30 runs. You can't draw it up any better than that. No, and, and I think that's part of the way you've got to attack New England's defense because if you're doing any one thing too long, yeah. Bill Belichick and company are going to cue in on that and be able to attack it. And part of being able to spread that around is the quarterback. You mentioned Tua making incredible split-second decisions this year. I saw per next-gen stats, Tua averaged the fourth quickest time to throw of any quarterback in a game since 2020 at 2.08 seconds. Tagovailoa is the only quarterback with a time to throw under 2.2 seconds to also average eight or more air yards per attempt over a game in that span. So it's not only dead that he's dinking and dunking short, it's the fact that Mike McDaniel and him are so prepared and so in sync with what they believe we're gonna, they're going to see and the answer that they've got pre-snap for it, that Tua, all he needs to see is that one quick thing and then get the right. ball to that spot. And that bot might be somewhere downfield at certain junctures or it may be along the lines of scrimmage where he's got enough fast, talented players to make things happen. And the one thing we, we don't really say and think we've ever said it is somebody owning Bill Belichick. Tua is 5-0. and It's 5-0 and yeah. against Bill. I mean, we know Miami has given uh, New England yeah. tough times, but Tua is – because we always talk about Bill against first-year quarterbacks and what his record is, or Bill against this, or Bill against that. Well, Tua is 5-0 and against. So that, that's pretty damn good. They're a better team right now. And, and listen, New England made this one close by getting it to the one score and making it kind of fun at the end there to see if they got the first down, even though they didn't. Um, but, Tua, but Miami's a better team. Than they are right now. Miami is a better team we are right now. We have uh, Ross Tucker on here in a little bit. I, I want to talk about how good we think Miami yeah. can be. If they are best team in the NFL type good right now, as through two weeks, we're kind of going to play this game with every team where we're trying to decide, are you more of what we saw week one or are you more of what we saw week two? And dad, that might also apply uh, to the New York football Giants. Oh my gosh. Huh. Sunday night football. We thought we were on the verge of burying this team. The Giants come back from down 21 points to go and win in uh, Sunday night in historic fashion. Their 21-point deficit they overcame for the first time since 1949. They had lost 150 straight games when trailing by at least 21 points, the second longest streak in the NFL here. And, Dad, this game does not come without cost. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Giants also in this game may – we're waiting to see – have lost running back Saquon Barkley at least for a bit. He left and looked frustrated with an ankle injury late in that game. You saw him on the sideline slamming his helmet down, appeared to be pretty disgusted with the situation, but they managed to come back and beat the Cardinals, Dad, after going their first six quarters of the NFL season without scoring a touchdown. Did this game somehow make you more or less concerned about the Giants based on that outcome? No, it really didn't. It made me, I guess you could say, a little less concerned because they won. But coming down from 21 down, let's also remember something else. 
This is the Arizona Cardinals, yes. who pretty much everybody has consistently said is the worst roster in the NFL, and they don't have the starting quarterback in Kyler Murray. It's Josh Jobs. Kyler Murray is still sitting out. Yes, he, he was on the pup list, so he has to miss at least two more games. So while nice comeback, I called this game them against the Cowboys in week one when they got beat 40 to nothing and looked horrific. And then, as you mentioned, down 20 to nothing in this one. So it was 60 to nothing. They've been outscored. Kudos on the comeback, without sure. question. Sure. Um, I, I had said at the end of the Dallas game against the Giants that that would be a chance for them to get well against this Arizona roster. And they were doing anything but. They were still throwing up all over themselves on the first half of that game. So a little better, I guess. But let's let's ease up on this one um, because it was uh, San Francisco. Now they have a short turnaround. I would be stunned if Barkley plays. Barkley, yeah. it's an ankle. It was swollen after. They think it was a normal ankle sprain instead of a high ankle sprain. At first, we all thought it was a knee when we were watching, which would have been devastating. But he has missed time in 19, I think, with a right ankle sprain, 21 with a left ankle sprain. So he's had ankle issues. They have a short turnaround. They're staying in Arizona. They have a Thursday nighter against San Francisco. Yeah. You go from Arizona Hi. to San Francisco. Good luck on that one. But they're coming off, coming back from this deficit. So let's see what they can do. But I have a feeling it's going to be without Barkley. Yeah. I, I And we've said this a couple of times <laughs> to start the season. And while the Los Angeles Rams yesterday may have proved that they are a little bit more uh, than we bargained for at the beginning of this season. The Rams are not a place, or excuse me, the 49ers are not a place that I would go to when you're trying to continue to get right. That is not a get right team. No, that it is, is not a soft landing spot for your hopes and dreams going forward into the future. And so for this Giants team, yeah, I really don't know what to make of them right now. Like 80 something mm -hmm. yards in the first half, 358 total yards in the second half. It was a total Jekyll and Hyde performance, and you give them credit for adjusting. But this just was a team that we said talent wise, and we saw Jalen Hyatt had the big catch that really kind of kick started things for them in the second yeah. half. He was one of the few guys that you brought over that was an answer to a question that you needed coming off of last year about what you were going to do to push the ball downfield. And so maybe because he's a rookie, as that goes along, that becomes more consistent part of their game. But dad, offensively, especially now, if you don't have Saquon right, Barkley going right. forward, you're down a more dynamic weapon in an offense that already didn't have a ton of them as it tries to take the next step yeah, this year. So Matt Breida going to be the guy if Saquon can't go. You know, times we've seen, certainly when Barkley's out, Daniel Jones lead the team in rushing. So we'll see where that goes. But I'm happy because I didn't see it in game one. Now, again, it was it was horrible weather, but they were down a lot, so they had to throw the ball. I'm glad to see the new guys getting involved. You mentioned Hyatt. He had two catches. Waller had six. And finally, Paris Campbell got into the fray a little bit, having four catches, though averaging just five yards a catch. So they weren't pushing the ball downfield with him. But I was at least happy to see the new guys because that was the one thing they wanted to do was bring in some talent for Daniel Jones. Okay, we're going to pay you all this money. We got Saquon under under contract for the one year. Now you need some people to throw to. You know, it was Darius Slayton last year who had a few catches in this one, three catches, did average 20 yards a catch. But they needed more, and they got more, and they they used it a little bit more yesterday, really out of desperation when <laughs> you're down by 20 points. But what a monster test this offense is going to have against that San Francisco defense. And, and I think with the Giants, the tough part is, is every week is going to feel like a referendum on that yeah. Daniel Jones contract. It oh, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's going to be. And because that's, hey, what is the future of your team going to look like now because you've at least latched the interim version of it 
on to your quarterback in Daniel Jones. I think the tough part is also going to be dead, just the division they play in right oh, now. without because a doubt. We look at them as, all right, we're still looking for the answer. And the contract with Daniel Jones reflected that is we don't know what our final form is yet. Philadelphia, you know what the final form is. Right. That's why even in the early going of this season, we've kind of looked at their results and said, all right, well, we still know what this roster is capable of on the top end. We still believe they've got elite personnel, and so they're ultimately going to get a pass during the early portion of the season right. that a question mark team like the Giants, albeit a team that made the playoffs last year and won a playoff game, is not going to get because I still don't know if we look at that roster in the said same way. And then you've got the Dallas Cowboys in there, Dad, that while I get it was against the Jets this weekend. That Dallas team looks every bit as complete as what we expected going into a year where a lot of people are picking them to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Dallas looks like the best team in the NFL right now, but we're two weeks in. So that's, you know, that's a statement. Have fun with it for two weeks. You know, all the Dallas fans out there and Jerry Jones, everybody. Ecstatic. Hang the banner. All best the, team in the NFL after all, week two. All the, all the Dallas haters are saying, just wait. They'll show up and see who they are. And the big question there is going to be Dak. Dak had a big game yesterday, but... We know what he did last year. The one constant you're going to have is that Dallas defense. My God, they are elite. I know the one player from the Jets said, we're going to have a historic defense. He was basically just told to sit down, right, by that Jet. Yeah. Now, the Jets' defense is an extremely good defense. Don't get me wrong. They're going to be one of the top defenses. But Dallas' defense right now is playing on another level. Micah Parsons is out of his mind. He was my pick for defensive player of the year. And people say, oh, way to go out on a limb. That's well, not yeah, my job to, to go, out, to go out, out on a limb. Not, not not my job to go out on a limb when you pick a defensive player of the year. Do you don't want me to pick up a back a pick a backup defensive tackle to go out on a limb? I mean, you walked out in the thickest limb on the trail. Yes, because it's going to be true. He is a one man wrecking crew doing it from everywhere, and and he's not alone on that defense. That defense is absolutely stellar. That division. Let's give it to Washington. No matter what you want to say now. They have a, a, a 35-33 win against Denver. We'll get into that one where Hail Mary, knock it down for God's sake. But they're 2-0. Three teams are 2-0. One team is 1-1. One and, one, and the only loss in the division is a division loss. They haven't lost to anybody outside the division at this point. So, And that's a division that had three in the playoffs last year. Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. 
Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. It is time for Miked Up Mondays, presented by Wrangler Time to take in some sounds from around the NFL. So, fellas, Ravens defeated the Bengals yesterday. Another ugly loss for Cincinnati. And to add insult to injury, Joe Burrow did not leave the game unscathed. We're going to have to wait and see. I'm not sure how it's going to feel the next couple days. Uh, it's pretty sore right now, but no, no telling how it's going to feel. So I think we're going to take it day how by day. How did you tweak it? Uh, it, was on the, it was on the play before the last touchdown. Aggravating that injury, you hate to see it, limping around a little bit. And guys, after signing that record-setting contract, Joe Burrow has had a slow start, which is typical for him because he is 1-7 in seven in his team's first two games of a season in his entire NFL career. So those first two games of a season, straight up confirmed not good. His record 1-7, 12 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 227 yards per game. So this is kind of what he does. You know what? And I just want to take a brief pause here because Jesse said something that I always wondered if we get right. Adding insult to injury. Isn't it injury to insult? Because the insult is that they lost the game and then the injury is Joe Burrow's calf being re-aggravated that we knew was an issue going back into training camp. So wouldn't it be adding injury to insult? I guess it would. That's what was my thought about rate and review. I thought you reviewed and then you rated. Okay, well, so no, those, I, are I rate and those are separate things is you can rate the podcast and also review it. Okay. These are separate things. I just always wonder if we get the order wrong when we say this. It's not saying Jesse got it wrong. It's just saying we as a society. You're saying so, Jesse got it wrong. So the dictionary is is defining it as it's just a saying. So it's not. It's just a saying, and it's to do or say something that makes a bad situation even worse for someone. So ah, you're putting gotcha. it. You're okay. putting it in a football context, but obviously you can use it for anything when someone's not actually physically injured. You know what? I guess that's a good point. Is I am you? We're using it in a context we where it's quite yeah. literally injury added to insult. It is, and yeah, that's the biggest portion of all this, right? Is Jesse mentioned the stats about Joe Burrow at the beginning of the season, and I've been on record for a while. Most of the early NFL season games just become a pseudo preseason. It's why, quite honestly, I think that 0-2 stat, while it still holds water in the expanded playoffs, we've still seen it hold that way, for the right teams is a little bit less damning overall. I do look at this and say, for the Bengals, yeah, I'm not worried about them as a team being 0-2. I'm worried about them being 0-2 with a quarterback that hasn't looked himself physically because of that calf that now once again has popped up in a way they got to explain in front of microphones. So a couple of things. First, Cincinnati's had 17 possessions so far this season, has failed to score uh, a touchdown. Nine of those possessions ended in three and outs. I mean, it, it's obviously not what we're used to with them, but I'll say this. You know, the old Allen Iverson, you know, practice. We're talking about practice. It's one thing Joe Burrow may need in the preseason. I'm not saying preseason games because let's remember, he doesn't not only isn't playing in the preseason games, he's not practicing. The one offseason he came back off the knee injury his rookie year. The other one, he had an appendectomy to where he would forget preseason games. He wasn't even practicing. So and then this one, when he hurt the calf. He missed a ton of time not even practicing. So I think there is something to actually getting on the field and practicing and getting your timing down, him being one and seven in his first eight games of his career, the first two games of each of those years. So I do think there is 
something to that of getting on the field. And, and remember, I'm not saying preseason games. Got to really care about those. But practice when other teams come to town. You know, when you have those. those well, yeah, I would say like, like him practicing, yes, would be an objectively good thing. But you mentioned he's been hurt in all those times. No, it's no, I, like I understand. He couldn't. He no, 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 no. I, I understand. So that's why I'm I'm willing to kind of push this aside because, oh, by the way, they've done pretty well, even though starting out yes. bad in the season. So that, that's all I'm saying is I'm willing to put this away. And if this kid ever did get to practice in a, in a preseason, maybe it will be different in the first two games. But this is tough. These are two division games they lost, and he's still got the calf. All right. Well, let's go from one loss to another. This one in more dramatic fashion. Jesse, did you bring your ski mask for today? You know what? I keep looking around for it, but I must have left it at home with all of my other ski stuff. Um, Seahawks defeating the Lions in OT. Seattle safety Jarek Reed II went live on Instagram after the game, dancing with his teammates in the locker room. And you know what? The celebration, it looked pretty familiar. The Lions safety, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, started this after that week one win over the Chiefs. And then he asked Lions fans to show up to Ford Field in the ski masks. And alas, as one does, he ends up getting trolled after the loss. They take his celebration and they turn it into something to mess with him. That's the ultimate, that showbiz, baby. You live by the bleep-talking sword, you die by the bleep-talking sword. And Seattle came prepared, right? That was preparation, meet, and opportunity. They had those ski masks in the bag when they were ready to come out, and uh, they got it done, so the victors go the spoil. Good for them. Yeah, listen, that's exactly right. If you're going to throw it out there, you got to be ready for it to get thrown back in your face. Plus, I never really thought it was a great idea anyway. I'm hot and sweaty after a game yeah, and putting on a ski mask. Yeah. I mean, that's... That's just not happening. I'm going to feel, like I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And I'm ripping that thing off. So, yeah, I, I never liked that idea. And knowing me, place. I cut the holes in the wrong spot. Yeah. And I'd be looking out the side of one. It just, yeah, yeah. you know, you got that, no, that's a very no. specific hole cutting skill set there. <laughs> My favorite part of this game, though, was Geno Smith once again inserting his way into the best soundbite of the week. Did you guys hear Geno Smith arguing about intentional grounding with the referee? We can listen here. Intentional grounding, grounding. offense number seven. He just told Geno Smith, I'm talking to America. Pete Carroll is yeah. livid. That's that all sound time. was courtesy of the Fox broadcast there. So Geno Smith, two for two. Two for two. The two oh my God, two. when Aaron Donald's rushed at him and now I'm talking to America. That's awesome. Must see TV. Must see TV. Jesse, let's get to our last sound bite here quick. Yeah, okay. So Chargers fall to 0-2 after that frustrating loss to Tennessee, which continued a very frustrating trend, guys. So it was the fourth consecutive one-score defeat for L.A., Dating back to last season, including that wild card loss to the Jags. You know, you remember that one. Chargers held a 27-0 lead late into the second quarter. And Brandon Staley was not pleased when a reporter brought this up during the postgame presser. I'm not, I'm not worried about the Jacksonville loss. The Jacksonville loss hasn't carried on to the season whatsoever. If you've seen our training camp or you've seen the way we've played in the first two games, it hasn't had an impact on our team whatsoever. Our team is connected. Our team has played its heart out in two games, and we've lost two tough games. But there's, it has nothing to do with the Jacksonville game. And if you ask anyone in our locker room, it has nothing to do with the Jacksonville game. And that's just the truth.
It's a convenient storyline for you and for everybody else, but it's not the truth. We've lost two tough games, but the guys in that locker room, the men in that locker room, they are finishers and they have what it takes and we're excited to prove ourselves. Saw a lot of stuff on the internet being like, kind of seems like it is affecting them a little bit. It seems like it's at least affecting the coach a little bit right there. That's oh. the, uh, I'm not mad, I'm not mad, don't write in the papers that I'm mad. Uh, because, Dad, that seems like a coach who's under a bit of duress right now. I think on the larger scale, we've seen a lot of people point to Brandon Staley and say that could be one of yeah. the first coaches yeah. that's really under the hot seat and potentially on watch for this season. I think he's frustrated. He's mad. I don't think last year's Jacksonville game had anything to do with this one either, quite honestly. No, but, uh, but, but it's, it's part of a larger yes, dialogue around what Brandon Staley's Chargers have become. I, I, I agree. They have been underachieving as far as we're all concerned, and I'm sure they're concerned. And just when you want to say, why do they keep Ryan Tannehill a quarterback after three interceptions last week? Here he goes, 20 of 24, 246, a touchdown, no interceptions, and makes you think, okay, he's the guy that can at least, you know, manage this team because, in all honesty, they don't have anybody, have anybody else. Uh, no, and I think that's the problem, though, is if you're the Chargers, you're one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. Yeah. You're a team that we've always looked at and said, hey, if you can stay healthy long enough, man, what this could be. You're too talented to be losing to a right. team with the yep. quarterback that you just said. Well, he's out there to keep the steering wheel hands at 10 and 2 and get us through this thing. And so we knew it was going to be a tough matchup. I always go back to this. You can't be a head coach losing on your side of the ball specialty. That defense has been the problem. He has not yet been the solution. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. When I talk to grown-ups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother talks to me. What about me would make you think that I care about your opinion of me? That's just how I feel about it. Let's give him some. These are the shades. I'm going to give you these. I just want to see how y'all look here. You look good. Dad, the spectacle that was the Deion Sanders experience over the weekend on college game day was everything we could have wanted, honestly, from start to finish. 
that experience out in Boulder, Colorado, where Colorado narrowly comes back to beat Colorado State in a game that all of us looked at and said, why the hell are they going out college game day to a game where the Colorado Buffaloes are 23-and-a-half-point favorites against a CSU team that nobody has watched so far? And then they got repeatedly punched in the face over and over again over the course of that game. But in the lead-up, we got Deion Sanders slinging his sunglasses to great effect over the course of that week after that Jay Norvell sound heard around the world in the lead up to this game. All of this to me, dad circles back to what Dion has been able to do. He has turned this into the biggest show in college sports right now. They're not the best team. No. They're not going to be a right. playoff team. I have a feeling we're going to get a more and more realistic sense of things in the coming weeks, but that was blockbuster at every turn. And if you are Colorado, who I'm sure is going to spend most of the rest of this year holding on for dear life as other suitors come in and start to see if they can get a piece of Deion Sanders or pry him loose to go and do this for their program, this is proof of concept in a lot of ways. And it continued on the field for them as they managed this win as well. And it's it's going to, you know, winning is going to beget more winning. We're going to find that out. But players, right? whether it's an 18-year-old recruit coming in or someone from the portal, which obviously Dion is not afraid to go to. Uh, Dion has actually said he thinks where they are with the portal now, it's actually going to hurt 18-year-olds, you know, seniors in high school getting scholarships D1 because teams are going to look for the portal just like he has. So you're going to get guys, if they want to transfer out, good players to go play, to go play for Dion and what's going on there. Because, and, and I agree with you. you. In fact, you're calling the game this week, right? Oregon, Colorado is going to Oregon. They have Oregon, USC back-to-back. You're really going to find stuff out now. You're probably going to be without your top player and Travis Hunter, the two-way stud who got hurt on what we all think is a cheap shot uh, in this we, game. We know it was yeah. a cheap shot. We'll, we'll get to, the, the, to this game. But he, he has got that program in a short time turned around. Again, not to playoff level, but this is a 1-11 worst Power 5 team in the country or right there. And he has turned them around and got them going in the right direction like a rocket ship. So it's really now about building. His son Shador is jumping up the charts from, from the NFL side of it, rightfully so, the way he's playing. Great 98-yard drive. He had to come tie this game. It wasn't the prettiest game in the world, but I love what Dion said after. He said, you know what? We found a new word to, to, to go with here, and that's resilience. You get the you take the win however you get it. I know they were 20 some plus you know favorites here, uh, and they were supposed to blow them out, and they didn't, but they got the win. And you take that and you move on to next week. We've seen Dion's team now win in three drastically different yeah. ways, right? Underdog against a rival, an old rival in Nebraska in a game where they ended up pulling away considerably and then winning in a barn burner here. So that is another bit of proof of the coaching job that Dion has done with this team. This whole thing I also mentioned was proof of concept. It's one that a lot of other people are trying to wonder, hey, will it be a copycat thing? Will more people try and do this? This weekend, there was the reminder, no one you bring in as a coach is going to be able to get little Wayne to come out and perform on right. campus exactly and also right. be cool enough to go vibe at the front row of that thing. No one you bring out there is going to immediately have the respect of Dwayne The Rock Johnson right. and all the other people. You're not going to be able to find a star like that in many other portions of this. It's some of the other things related to the portal, related to the roster, trend, right, related right. to all that that people are going to go after there. He has the cachet, right? I mean, he had, he he's prime time. He's cool. I mean, he is. And, and again, not every great coach. In fact, very few great players become great coaches. It normally doesn't happen that way. 
But he has proven now that that he knows how to coach. He's, he's he has said, and you never know what's a ploy or not, that he doesn't want to coach in the NFL. He would rather coach the eighteen to twenty-two year olds, where he could have more of an effect on them. Well, said, I always wonder how that style would work in the NFL, well, exactly, right. where you've got a coach that's yeah. a bigger star than some of the players, yes, and the yeah. way that that game works, not only ego wise, but just functionally, mechanically, every day, where I, you're more equals yeah. than someone who can have these kids looking up at them bright-eyed going exactly down, right. Deion Sanders. Exactly right. So, I think college is better suited for him right now. I mean, the testament to what they've done is yeah. they got most people to stay up till 2 o'clock on the East Coast exactly to watch right. the end of this game. I had just finished the West Virginia pit game that I was on the call for, needed to get up at 4 o'clock to drive to the airport <clears> the next day, and still couldn't bring myself to turn away from the end of this in a game where that Colorado State team looked more physical all game. It was super borderline. That trip hit on Travis Hunter was dirty, and unfortunately it's going to mean he's yeah, off the field shame. for the next few weeks there. But them finding a way in a game where Deion Sanders had the ultimate motivation, right? He said they might not have said it explicitly, but they came out and insinuated that my mama didn't raise me right, yeah. and Deion Sanders couldn't in good conscience go and take the L to that man after all that. Yeah, that's a great soundbite actually from Deion's mom as well uh, on that. But yeah, in this game, I mean, Colorado State had this game won, right? But 17 penalties for 182 yards, yeah. more than a few of them personal fouls. This kid, Mohamed Kamara, I love him as a player. I mean, there's some big burly this boys. This dude on that is a wrecking crew. But in overtime, two personal fouls in a row. One and the second one got him tossed when he buried Shador and just basically drove him into the ground. He got booted for that one. They're they're a line stepping team. I guess that would be the way to put it. Yeah, right? they're they, habitual line they, steppers. They are at least line, in this game. Yeah, yeah, they definitely were in this game, and and there was certainly a little more b- bad blood in this one. There were some late shots. Listen, there was a shot of Shador Sanders trying to poke, you know, uh, Kamara in the eye. Was that Shador or was that Travis Hunter? I think it was Shador. I'm not positive. Okay, yeah, I, I guess we should say, find yeah. that out. But but I thought it was I thought it was Shador. Uh, but either way, a player tried to poke Kamara in the eye. I mean, it was there was a lot of bad blood out here, a lot of line stepping, a lot of late hits. And you're right, unfortunately for Travis Hunter, uh, that's going to cost him a few weeks. Yeah. So we're going to see what becomes of Colorado here in the stretch of their season, where they're going to play the Oregon Ducks, they're going to play USC. It's going to start to get real for them real soon here, and what that response looks like is going to be interesting. Dad, it also got real pretty soon for Alabama this weekend. Yeah, it did. Uh, there's a number of things in a college football slate that was pretty lackluster over the weekend where teams didn't quite look themselves, right? A lot of top teams played down to the competition, so to speak, but maybe none more so than Alabama that started this game making a quarterback switch from Joe, uh, from, uh, Jalen uh, Milrow. Milrow, excuse me, I almost yeah. went Joe Milton. From Jalen Milrow to going to Tyler Buckner, the Notre Dame transfer, you're playing South Florida, you end up having a lightning delay in here. They come out and then put Ty Simpson in, the other quarterback, to try and get a look at him. And Alabama ends up sneaking out of this with a win, Dad. But all along the way, people were looking up, trying hard to recognize a Nick Saban team that has looked like this in recent history and can't. Listen, it's not just the quarterback, right? The offensive line is struggling. They got a true freshman out of left tackle who's a, who's a large young man, but he's struggling. Others on the old line are struggling. This is not the Alabama team we're used to, but it's also a team we're used to seeing a quarterback. Look at the quarterbacks that have come out of like the Alabamas of the world and the Ohio States of the world, and both of them are breaking in new quarterbacks. Ohio State at least is stuck to one. Name me the last time Alabama, three weeks into a season, has gone to three quarterbacks and not because of injury. 
because of bad play. But that's where we are right now with this team. And and I hear people saying, oh, they got to figure out the quarterback. They got to find a quarterback. Gang, this is it. This is who they got. And they're all of a sudden not magically going to start to learn how to throw. It doesn't work that way. And you don't hit the portal in week four of a season. So they have who they have right now. It's going to be well, a very difficult road. I think the point is, though, they need to figure out which one of those guys is going to be the guy for them going forward. And they need to build around that identity because that, to me, has been the problem is this has been an offense that for Alabama has lacked an identity for the first time in a while. They shifted away from that old school boa constrictor approach right. where they choked the life out of you with a Mark Ingram or an Eddie Lacy. And now they have gone to a more high-flying attack led by the quarterback here. We know new coordinators on both sides of the ball. That includes offense with Tommy Reese. And as they've been trying to mix and match and figure out the quarterback, I also think it's left them without a real understanding of who they are and who they're going to be on offense. So I think that's why you got to anchor with the quarterback and then figure out who you're going to be on offense. (laughs) That's for them to decide because they've seen them all day in practice. Coming up next, we'll decide our all-weekend team from the world of sports next on Gojo and Golan. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. All right, after a full weekend of NFL and college football, it is time for the guys to look back and give us their all-weekend team. So we're going to go first team, second team, honorable mention. So, fellas, who you got? Yeah, let's start off with the honorable yeah. mentions for the weekend here, Dad. Uh, a lot of great performers. Usually this is where we hit on the world outside of football. Right. But football just gave us too much this weekend, and it is what it is. I want to start off with my honorable mention here and go to noted Swifty, an all-around clever human being, Ian Eagle, <laughs> who this weekend was on the call for the Chiefs game and reading into recent rumors about Travis Kelsey and Taylor <clears throat> Swift, which Jason Kelsey didn't squash on Thursday Night no, Football last week. Heady play by a content king himself. Ian Eagle on the call, third quarter. Travis Kelsey gets loose on him, a home scramble for a touchdown, and Ian Eagle cleverly works in there that he found a blank space and wrote his name. So great reference, all time, all timer there. He also made a Cisco thong song reference later in the broadcast. So really dynamic stuff. I's got a great sense of humor. Wasn't there also a split screen of Taylor Swift on stage in some boots and Travis Kelsey walking in with some boots that were made. Okay. I mean, that, that one felt like a little bit of a reach to me. I'm not going to lie, but we are reaching. Okay. Listen, dad, part of being a Swifty and living in that universe is looking for Easter eggs and signs and hints everywhere. And so we're trying to see if he's continuing to play the game like he did at the start, sending her the bracelet with the phone number. Okay. I mean, impressive out of them. Let's see where those two crazy kids can take this. My honorable mention goes to actually Carlos signs from the Singapore uh, F1. He won, uh, that that uh, race and really, it's it's only Carlos. What? No, I was I was getting ready to celebrate. Go. It's only Carlos because it wasn't somebody from Red Bull. Yes, that was. Yes. This, this could have been any name, any manufacturer out of except Red Bull. Red Bull had won the last fifteen races, and we know Max Verstappen has been out of his mind in this. But they have won the last. 15 races they finally lost it was ferrari and signs that that won this one and red bull didn't even make the podium in this one wild they go from 15 in a row to not even on the podium i think matt max ended up in six max for stappen so uh, a great a great job for all of f1 outside of red bull for finally getting red bull 
out of the top spot in the podium and out of the podium altogether. I was traveling and I saw Jessica Smetana, your yes, co-host yes. on Goal and Smetty, yeah. tweet about the finish to this race without, and I ran to the race. Yeah. I was like, I yeah. need to see what it looks like when Red Bull doesn't Stunning. win one of these things. Stunning. So yeah. Yeah. It's, been a, it's been a tough run for the sport with its outcome <laughs> seeming almost certain for yeah. a while yeah. now. Hopefully brighter days ahead. Dad, let's get to second team all weekend. I am going to go with Missouri, big boy kicker, the thicker, yes. Harrison Mevis. 61-yard field goal after his head coach, Eli Drinkwitz, inexplicably took a delay of game penalty that could have completely screwed them over at the end of this one. I do not understand what was going on on that Missouri sideline, but Harrison Mevis drills a 61-yarder to upset Kansas State at home for the Missouri Tigers here. Incredible win against a great team. Vegas had a weird line on this one all week and apparently knew that this big boy with a howitzer leg was lurking on that sideline. There's something to see in a 40, 45-yard field goal game winner, but 61 yards when you're not sure you got the distance. So you know the guy's got a big leg, but then it's accuracy as well. Seeing that go through, I mean, and the students couldn't wait to hit the field for that one. Hell I mean, yeah. All, oh, all and by the way, that. all you freaking nerds out there between here and Colorado that want to tell college kids to act like they've been there before on field storming, you dorks. Leave it alone. Let them rush the field. It's fun. It's college. The people are there to make sure that they get down and do it safe. All the security guards and cops. We don't need you policing it. We're good here. Let them have a good time. If you want to jump on somebody my age running on the field, limping onto the field, trying to celebrate, go ahead. That's fine. But the college students, are you serious? Let them leave them alone. Let them have some fun. Who cares? I mean, I think that's ridiculous. Okay. Uh, my second team is going to be Shador Sanders. I mean, again, another excellent game out of him as Colorado comes back to win uh, in overtime, 43-35. He goes 38-47, four touchdowns, does have an interception. But it was the 98-yard drive that did it where they scored with 36 seconds ago and then made the two-pointer to tie it up to send it to overtime. As he said, he just, he just pulled from his inner Tom Brady. He said he and Tom uh, talk every week. And I, I think one of his lines after the game was, if Tom can do it, I can do it. Or if he can do it, I can do it. I mean, hey, the kid's sure of himself, and he's proven a hell of a lot of it. But to calmly, uh, just two-yard line, 98-yard drive, you need that to tie the score. And he takes him down. It ends like on a 46-yard passing touchdown. Uh, but to lead that team, and then the two-pointer, and then to go into overtime again, where he got drilled by Kamara, yeah. who got tossed uh, after that hit. Uh, a nice show of, as as his dad said, resilience. But 98-yard drive, when money was on the line, he got it done. Coach's son out yep. there. He's got that kind of yep. poise. Yeah, and he does. It's been really remarkable to watch. You mentioned Mel Kuyper's got him shooting up his draft board. Fifth, for this year. Uh, fifth, uh, fifth in the, the listing for the draft on his big board. He has a number five right now. Yeah, I, I, I'll be interested. This is going to be one of the deeper quarterback classes yes, we have is. seen in quite some time coming out of college football this year. I think the thing with with Shador that's so interesting is he he's done such a good job with that poise, I think, is the number one right. overall thing for him because he's not a dynamic run threat no, by any not. means. He's mobile enough to get you out of some trouble, but he's not like a true dual threat where you're going to be using his legs all the time or you expect him to take off and run. He doesn't have that other gear, but he's got just enough to move around. And kind of like we see the Mahomes and some of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, the Burroughs and company, is you're mobile enough to get out, move around, buy time, but always have your eyes downfield. And that's what Shadur's done. So, and that's, I like that, I think, at times more than a guy that can run, though a guy that can run is obviously a, a big Pretty time cool. threat. 
But the problem at times is you have more confidence in your legs than your arm. So you're going to look to take off yeah. instead of making the play downfield. Shadour, you're right. It's not that runner that you're going to say, uh-oh, watch out for him running. He's going to escape to try and make a play down the field, which can be even more dangerous. So love that style. Love what he's done right now. As we said, test the next two weeks, Oregon and USC. They're, they're, this Colorado team is going to get the biggest test. But let's be honest, a lot of us never thought we'd be talking, we'd be talking about this far, that they're 3-0 and going into their next game. And to, be, to their fair credit, so far they have – I've aced every test they've That's been a part of. Yep. It has been uh, three weeks, three very different uh, settings, three very different outcomes, all of which have been positive for Colorado. Dad, let's get to the third. Yeah. Or, excuse me, the third. The third. <laughs> That's coming up in a little bit. Yeah. All these, from all these segments are the same and just get yeah. different names. <laughs> Welcome to Sports Talk Radio. Uh, all weekend first team here, Dad, yeah. is uh, was a pick for both of us. Yep. Lee Corso. Yeah. Man, watching the 400th Lee Corso headgear pick this weekend out in Boulder and to see the piece they did going back through yeah. and chronicling all the years, one made me feel old seeing oh. young Herbie, young Corso, that yeah. whole group, and just how long they've been doing this together and thinking back. I know, Dad, you were colleagues with all of them yeah. for so long, yeah. but I remember being a kid, like we saw all those coaches. They interviewed Lincoln Riley and a lot of the current coaches. And they talked about watching them as players and what that meant to them. And I can remember being a player sitting in our hotel room before the lead up to games, watching college game day and waiting around for Coach Corso to see what was going to happen there. He's been an institution yeah. in the sport. He's one of the great ambassadors. And it was fun to see him get celebrated this weekend. I mean, and they showed that piece. You saw him coming out of that piece. He was teared up. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the man is an absolute legend at what he does. And remember, he was a coach for so many years. The, the, the legendary story when he was coaching Indiana, how bad they were. I think it was after the first quarter, they were beating a top team, and I think it was Florida State, and he had the team take a picture of them with the scoreboard with the lead <laughs> on, on that game before I'm sure it went the other way. But he always loved telling stories like that. Some of them true. I'm sure some of them not true. Yeah. But who cares, right, when you're going back decades. But what a, what a great guy. What an institution. What an entertaining man. He has been doing this for a long, long time, certainly closer to the end of his time doing the show than the beginning. We, we all understand that. But he's out there putting that headgear on, still entertaining. It's uh, it was it was great to reflect and just realize, wow, he has been doing it for this long. Sometimes you just kind of take it for granted, forget the past a little bit. Yeah, I, I think seeing that testimony from all the other guys on the right. crew, obviously that relationship with him oh, and Herbie, Herbie, Herbie has yeah. been so special. Yeah. Lee also mentioned everyone sticking with him after the stroke that right. we know he yeah. lived through yeah. a few years ago and has been battling through since, but. You look at certain places, right? March Madness in college basketball mm -hmm. has Dick Vitale as someone right. who's been that entertainer and that banner for the sport for so long. For college football, that has been Lee Corso, yeah. and you've seen it reflected in ratings, the conversation around the sport. No matter what everyone's doing, if you watch all a college game day or not, you tend to make it there for the end to see if Coach is going to drop a, ah, bleep it, fire off some guns, and which head he's going to throw he's on for gonna this weekend. going to be Notre Dame this weekend. Come on, Coach, make the right yeah. call this weekend. We'll be back in a second here on Gojo and Gold. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. 
At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.